welcome to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for AnimationForAdults.com, and welcome to episode 52. Today's going to be a bit more of a general news-based episode since we've had a lot of uh, a lot of big announcements coming out this week, so we're just going to keep it just the news and what we've watched so far this week, and joining me today is Chris. Hello. And Dan. Hi. How have you both been this week? Uh, pretty good. You? <laughs> Good, tired, work's been crazy, but it's good to be back on the podcast and uh, talking about some more animation stuff, especially with all the, a lot of big uh, festival announcements this week, especially, I think, majority of them in the UK, I believe. Yeah, definitely, some of them. (laughs) For now. (laughs) For the time being, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Little bit of, yeah, little bit of politics there, sort of. Oh, okay, all right. Say no more. All right, to kick things off, we're going to start with a uh, bit of a few announcements um, about some uh, U.S. releases, um, one of which being the release of uh, Miss Hokusai via G-Kids, I believe. They are they released a uh, U.S. trailer, um, poster, and then also they announced the screenings that are gonna, of the movie that are going to be taking place. Um you know, I think if you wanted to check out the full list, we have an article on the website that will, de- you know, the details of the exact dates and the locations of the screenings. But um, it's good to see that we're they're moving along with making sure that this film gets, you know, as adequate adequate screening time in the U.S. Because we've been, I know we've talked many times about uh, Miss Hokusai in the past, and it definitely we even have a review on it on the website, and it's it definitely looks like a really interesting film, like visually interesting with the take on this uh, particular art style yes it's a good trailer (laughs) (laughs) yeah um it's get yeah and it's getting a an english language version as well but the trailer's in japanese subtitled at the moment so yeah i thought that was interesting i believe you mentioned off the air that they they, uh they kind of saved that release for a separate date Mm -hmm. nearer nearer the time probably we'll probably hear if they've got any known people in the cast, which they probably will, because they yeah. normally do. <laughs> uh, and it is coming out in the UK probably around October on Blu-ray and DVD, but uh, probably only with the subtitled version, because uh, it got picked up in the UK first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe the dates for the screenings uh, across the US are going to be, yeah, also going to be in October. I believe October 14th, 21st, 28th, and all the way into November November 4th. And I think it's just going to be those individual days that the screenings mm-hmm. are going to take place. So if any of the theaters that uh, fall into the line of this, these screenings are in your area, please go out and support them. And one other uh, story in regards to a G-Kids release that's going to be uh, coming coming soon is a French film called My Life as a Courgette. Make sure I pronounce that correctly. <laughs> but um, they're also going to be getting a North American release as well. And I believe the film is going to premiere in the Toronto National Film Festival later this September. But um, there haven't been any more announcements in terms of like uh, screenings or anything else. With it after the, we'll probably have to wait until after the film has made its premiere in the film festival. It's going to screen, I think... In New York and LA, uh, before before the year is out, uh, to qualify for awards, ah, okay. and then then it's going to release 
in America as my life is a zucchini. <laughs> oh my god, I really uh, don't like that name. No, I I I have, you know, because we are an international podcast and so I, you know, I'm always like, should I say things the British way or the American way or whatever? But with with this, I'm just like, I don't like the word zucchini. Don't like it. Sounds I'm, silly. I'm still trying to comprehend, like, why why zucchini? Why why did you take the word courgette? And think, oh, you know what would fit here just as well? Zucchini. And I just, I have to keep looking at that, you know, as someone who, like, who wants to write for a living and just looks like, what? I think, I think it's because America, and I looked, this is just as a result of, like, having looked into this stuff, like, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason I have. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Your curiosity. Yeah, and it seems like America favors, like, with food. Particularly, like words that are of either Italian, either either things that are either Italian or Spanish sounding. So, like the same reason that you can't ha- like um, what we would call rocket the salad, you know, mm-hmm. is arugula. Ah, right. Because yeah. rocket comes from French roquettes, which is and Americans like for some reason didn't favor the French. You went for the because the French Spanish. aren't famous for food, of course. They're not, but they I, they didn't have that cultural like influence, I guess in 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 America. <laughs> Who tuned in to an animation podcast thinking they were going to get etymology on food? Hey, this hey. this <laughs> that is just the kind of value we give people. They <laughs> they come for the cartoons and they stay for the food etymology. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they don't. Maybe they stop listening at that point. Going, what the hell are you going on about? It's like I thought we were talking about animation, guys. What, where are we going? It's like no, you're getting an extra lesson. Mm-hmm. It's okay, I swear. <laughs> but the no, in- yeah, that name. Well, in- interesting thing about this film is it is being submitted to the Oscars as. Switzerland's, because um, it's Swiss-French co-production, okay, Switzerland's yeah. entry for the best foreign language category. Really? That's how, that's how it works. Each country can put forward, like, can put forward a film uh, for consideration. It doesn't mean it will be nominated. But, and... Right, because I was of the understanding that you couldn't do that. I thought that animated films are only eligible for the animated category. Because I remember um, a few years ago, The Wind Rises was nominated as a Golden Globe um, foreign picture, or not in the English language. Was it? And and it was like... um, It was like the last year that they were going to be able to do that or something. I might be entirely wrong, but yeah, I'd be surprised if they, I mean, good, good on Switzerland for doing that. But... Well, it gives them a bit of a chance in the year when, like, all the big animated films are going to be taking over the category. So, yeah. G kids might still get a get, still might get two. Like, if they get one, one in the animation and one in the foreign language, mm-hmm. hey, hey, double the nomination. That sounds great. Hmm. 
And I already, I know, I saw for the trailer for the very first time for that movie, um, featured on our website, and I have to say, even, like, it's got a very interesting premise to it, to go with the, uh, the particular type of animation that it is, and I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued to see where it goes. And it, it won both the Crystal and the Audience Award at Annecy, and the people who saw it are coming back, like, raving about it so <laughs> so there's already a good deal of hype to it so that's that's backing this release so it's going to be really good to see how much farther it goes in terms of getting the nominations and then maybe getting a potentially a blu-ray dvd release maybe hopefully yeah we'll do. <laughs> and Please? you know who's, ex- who's excited about that film is the director of little prince mark osborne because I said, who's excited about that via Twitter? And he replied, he said, me! So, <laughs> nice. So they, there you go. Sweet. Hi, Mark, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mark wants it to make it happen, so let's do it. Let's get on that, G-Kids. Let's go. All right, uh, moving along. Uh, one of we're going to get to the film festivals. I believe the... Uh, BFI London Film Festival will be kicking off a little in like the was it was it October? Yes, October. Yeah. And they've uh, made the announcement of uh, what films are going to be in the lineup for that, and a couple of films that we've already mentioned, uh, such as I believe my my life as a courgette is also going to be featured there as part of a contest. I believe. It well, it's. Showing in one of the... There's got lots of different strands this year. There's, like, there's love and journey. Yeah, and... They, they always, like... Yeah, it's very confusing because you don't know, like... You're like, okay, where are the horror movies going to be? And it's like, is that going to be in cult or thrill or dare? Mm, so like, they separate, they separate it by, like, via genre of what kind of animated film it is. Like, you, have, like you said, horror, like, adventure... Sometimes, but it's never that clear. Like, um, mm-hmm. the Red Turtle is playing under Journey, not Family, which is usually where whatever that means animation <laughs> goes. Yeah. I, uh... Well, there's a, there's a whole bunch of animated films shown this year in, in all different strands. Yes. So, but oh, I think yeah. I think what Rachel was saying is that, like all film festivals, there is a strand where things are. Um, uh, playing under competition and where things are just playing, yeah, out of competition. Well, there yeah. is the comp- there is the competition as well. Uh, and Courgette is, is one of the films. It's it's it, it believe from what I read that was it was in Ooh. both categories. Like one was in one was in competition, the other, and then there was also a non competition like screening. And so, and so is the Makoto Shinkai film, Your Name. Yes, that's, I was also going to bring that up as well because that was um, that's also another film on the lineup along with Red Turtle and let's see what else was there's a um, there are a whole bunch of, gosh I was looking at the list there were so many films there was the Psychonaut the Psychonauts film which looked pretty interesting very dark um, mm. then there was also well, what is that what is that um oh gosh I was trying to remember I think it's a Spanish film mm. uh, it's because it was funny, because when I saw the name Psychonauts, I my brain, my video game brain, immediately went to look. Oh, hey, they're making a video. They're making a film based on that really quirky video game that came mm. on the Xbox. Came out on the Xbox way back when, but it's nothing like that. It is a 
Yes, it is a Spanish animated feature uh, directed by Alberto Vasquez. And uh, was, it's... Was, was he not involved with Psychonauts? Um, I, I think so. I, I yeah, because the name the name rings oh, a bell. No, it's been so he's, long. He's, he's a singer, apparently. Might not be the same person. <laughs> Might not be no, the same but... person. <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, let's see, another film that he's done was, uh, Unicorn Blood, which was featured on Car- Cartoon Brew last year. Okay. It's, um, it was based on a graphic novel, I think. Yes, uh, it was. Mm. And, um, I have to say, I'm really digging the visual style of it, and like I said, it's yeah. got a very, a very dark tone to it. Mm. It looks yeah. awesome. You know, it looks of... like, uh, apocalyptic Ernest and Celestine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's... That's sold me, but I was already sold. I, I, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it played at Annecy, and I remember writing up the story about it, and going, oh, I want to see that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, there are a whole bunch of really that included in a whole bunch of other animated films, and you know, some, some a bit more mainstream also. Like I believe uh, DreamWorks anima- Animation's Trolls is also going to be uh, being shown at the gala screening. For the, um, mm-hmm. the, I think this thing is the family category, so we're gonna have yeah. that, and uh, of course the red. I guess I already mentioned the red turtle, and I yeah. think at least I mean there's there are plenty of other films that are gonna be on the listings, I'm sure, but those are the major ones that I wanted to make sure we mentioned. There are and... a couple of other uh, Phantom Boys playing, and there's um, that Chinese film Rock Dog. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's yes. I'm not sure it's, if I've yeah, seen much of that. Um, I've I saw a few articles about it. I think it was like it kind of flopped. I think in China they expected it to be huge, and then it didn't. It I think didn't. it's like one of the biggest budget Chinese animated films, mm-hmm. and they wanted um, to take on the Americans with it, and it flopped. And then right. they did they did another CG animated film in China that opened around the same time that was really cheap and made loads of money. <laughs> oh, okay. What, what I read somewhere. The thing about the Red Turtle being there is is it's a story within a story because we now know that Studio Canal has Red Turtle for the UK. So okay. even even if you're not going to get to see it at the festival, then it's going to come out here eventually. Mm-hmm. Um because up until now, we were waiting to hear. So, and they're the people mm-hmm. who release all the Studio Ghibli stuff over here, anyway. So, and knowing their track record, it's probably going to be next spring, right? It'll be. Well, they'll be hoping for a Oscar nomination, I imagine, and yeah. release at a time to cash in there. And yeah, the the Ghibli spot of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you often find out, basically, things that Studio Canal got via, the, via LFF. Like it happened with um, uh, fun, uh, Boy and the Beast last year, which you went to see. And yeah. then eventually, I don't I is it come out now? But they just sort it's of they just shoved it out. Way. and Yeah, yeah they, didn't, they didn't do anything with it. Well, there was going to be, a, I, I saw on their website, they were going to do a theatrical release for a while. And then it mm. just one day disappeared. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Manga Entertainment released all the other. Um, yeah, what? and in actual, I, manga. Like, films. 
Yeah, they release them, and Manga's a much smaller distributor than Studio Canal, and they managed to get it in the cinemas. Because I remember mm. seeing Wolf Children at the LFF and then catching it in the cinema. Yeah, well, they're doing that quite a lot, putting stuff like yeah. Akira, which is returning to UK cinemas. I'm just going to drop that in there this month because I've tried to report this on the last two podcasts and things yeah. have gone wrong and I've had to cut it out <laughs> twice. So... <laughs> Just so you know, Akira. Yeah. It's coming. Be ready. It's coming back to the cinemas, and then it's getting a a um, special and special edition to celebrate Manga Entertainment's thirtieth. Yeah, thirtieth. No, twenty fifth. <laughs> it's got. To, it's got to also be Akira's like twenty fifth then this year because they re released mm-hmm. the manga. Um, that came out in eighty eight. In a nice edition. Right. <laughs> originally but it came out in the UK well obviously 25 years ago <laughs> um, yeah sorry sorry to hijack no that, that's fine I mean I know you've been it's, we've had that story hanging out for a while now we've been wanting to cover it on the podcast when we could yeah, but like you said weird. technical difficulties have been like it's being cursed <laughs> it's been it cursed. sounds so silly when we say technical difficulties have prevented us from getting that information out there but it really has it's like, no, yeah, it's we're not yeah. getting around. It's been a legit problem. It's just, oh, you have no idea what I had to do with the last episode. <laughs> oh, it was like a Frankenstein of files. And it was amazing that I did it. And I felt really achieved. I felt really sense of achievement that I did it. Because it was like, take this bit from this file and this bit from this file, put them all together, <laughs> make it it's sound like it's all one. <laughs> Well, hey, if you're curious to see how that turned out, we have uh, a very convenient link to episode 51 of the podcast if you want to go ahead and take a look at that after you're done listening to this one. But plugs aside, um, (laughs) one other uh, film that was going to be featured in the uh, BFI London Film Festival that we also have a separate article uh, describing and talking about, believe, the release of the uh, trailer for was a film by the name of Ethel and Ernest. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and this one, this film's really special because I believe yeah. it says it was, uh, it basically was based around the, uh, it was created by Raymond Briggs, I believe you said, mm-hmm. and it's yes. the same gentleman who made The Snowman. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah, this, I have to say, watching, watching this film's animation alone has brought back all the warm fuzzies that that, that, that short, or that movie had like when I was watching the snowman way back when and do you and know what it's it's the same studio that made the snowman it is yeah it's at least the same studio and a lot of the same crew that made um snowman and snow dog mm-hmm. uh-huh. I'm not certain if it's the same one who made the snowman but it's lupus lupus uh oh that's the studio who made it mm-hmm and I believe, uh, that, I believe this, this is our first time talking about this film uh, on the podcast. So I might as well go into a brief a brief synopsis of it. It's basically following uh, the the titular couple as they meet in nineteen twenty eight, and then basically kind of goes through the major events of you know their life together, from getting married to having a son, and you know everything tied to that. I think there's the Great Depression. Is that this one? This was all taking place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 
it this really it's really it it's, looks like it's going to be a very like heartwarming but also you know one of those like pull on your heartstrings type of movie and what really like was interesting to like find out about with this movie was i believe uh this is this movie is like a uh recounting of Raymond Briggs's uh a relationship with his own mother and father mhm yeah that's really yeah. cool <laughs> just on principle I- yeah, it's um, it just looks like it's probably going to destroy you. <laughs> just emotionally, it's just going to be oh god. The highs yeah. and lows of life fall in one compact film. Mm. But I think animated. I like I think you know it's going to have because it's coming out in the it's getting the world premiere at LFF. And then it's coming out in October in the UK. Yeah. And I think it's going to, you know, have particular resonance for the the home audience because just like just watching it, you know, I'm thinking about how the main characters are sort of, you know, thinking that's kind of like same sort. I I I, I don't know if it's set in London or if it's up north or something, but um, I thought it looked kind of like London, and I'm thinking I'm thinking of you know it's making me think of my grandparents or whatever and and you're just thinking it's going to have like lots Mm. of lots of resonance for people and the voice is the main yeah it's definitely going to have that effect like it's sorry sorry chris to to interrupt there yeah but it's definitely going to have that effect just like how he how he um he calls her duck i don't think i've ever seen that in a film before but it's something my grand my granddad used to call us all the time. <laughs> it's a very like specific British thing, I think. And it's Jim Broadbent and Brenda Bleffin doing the voices, so you know, quality actors as well. So, and the BBC are involved, one of the co-producers, and, and the BFI. So it's gonna, you know, I think this is gonna be a a um going to be a bit quite a big deal over here i think <laughs> i can or i i can predict that as well as it and... should as it should and like how exciting it's like a hand-drawn movie like a british mm. one completely made here and uh yeah it's it's great yeah my only worry is that it's going to get a bit lost amongst all the the big cg features and stuff it, this year it, it could do, but also I think there are plans to show it on TV around Christmas. Oh, because really? BBC, the BBC are involved, Which, so that yeah, would make so sense. I, yeah, I, I remember hearing about the project ages ago, and first hearing about it as being um, a TV special. Oh, right. So I think, at the very least, like it's it's gonna get. A TV screenings at some point. I don't know if it's going to be definitely at Christmas, but that seems to make sense. Mm. That'd be a great so way it's... in order to have the film reach more people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I can see it really being a hit on TV as well around that that time of year. Raymond Briggs has got form in breaking your heart, only with the um, snowman and um... especially around Christmas. My God. And uh, when the wind blows as well, the, which is yeah. Oh look, there's some lovely old people. Oh, there's the nuclear war. Oh, they're dead. 
I haven't seen it. That's what, that's what I've heard. <laughs> wow, that's a yeah. crash course version of the movie. Jeez. Yes, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to see how well this film does and if and when maybe, maybe, maybe get U.S. release, though it's probably not likely. <laughs> Do you, do you think G kids would be interested? I would hope that they'd be. <laughs> it's These? certainly got the um, the British like export thing going on. It's it's kind mm-hmm. of you. It wouldn't be too much of a stretch to get the audience of like uh, the King's Speech watching it. Oh know. yeah, like like my mom because she <laughs> yeah can, she cannot stop rewatching that movie. <laughs> The film will be released in the UK at October 28th, and keep an eye out for it. So, moves along to one of our la- one of the last things news stories we wanted to cover it was another. Uh, not say it's a it's a, it's a film festival. Is it's because I'm, I'm this I'll admit this is my first time of hearing about this particular uh, celebration of anime films of Scotland loves anime 2016. So I'm, yeah. I'll admit being a little. Not as not as not not knowledgeable about this particular event, but um, it's basically just a big convention where you like get to screen all these these uh, recently made anime films or just like a big screening. Yeah, it's been going for about I think it's been going about five or six years, um, basically, and it runs for like uh, quite a few days, and there's it's in. Like both in the biggest cities in in Scotland, it's in uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh, um, and it's at, it's curated by uh, one of the well, the guy who founded Anime Limited, which is one of the anime companies. Um, who full disclosure, I do do some writing for their blog. Um, <laughs> so but, that's how you uh, knew this was coming. Uh, well, one of the ways. Um, <laughs> But they they show a bunch of anime every year, including a few premieres, um, sometimes UK premieres, sometimes European premieres, or sometimes just Scottish premieres. And they also normally show some older films as well that you might not have got the chance to see in, on a big screen before. And um, also they have a tradition of having a mystery film that Ooh. you don't know what it is. Until you turn up, and sometimes it's something quite major. I, I don't know if one year, like one of the Evangelion films, was one of the uh, mystery films or mm. not. That's quite that's, uh, that's quite a surprise if that's like you walk into the film, it's like, oh gosh, we're watching Evangelion. Or whether that was um, just a rumor and it didn't happen, I can't remember. But um, and it's quite it's quite a good thing because so much. Um, in the UK, is based around London, so mm-hmm. this is for basically everyone in Scotland and people in the north of England and stuff. It's having this big event annually there is quite handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a I've I've considered like should I I go one year, but it's like, that's the yeah. long way for me. <laughs> I I've always wanted to go because it like sometimes they do have like some cool premieres and things going on. Mm. It's, it's just a, yeah, they, a while for me. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it all depends on where you live. But at least I know for, you know, people who are planning on going, there's uh, they've made the announcement of what, uh, you know, the initial announcement of what films they they have lined up for this particular year, and quite a really quite a lot of really neat titles. Um, most notably, what was mentioned with the uh, previous film festival, uh, there's going to be a premiere of Makoto Shinkai's Your Name film, and. I'll admit I only just recently watched the trailer for that, and I'm already just kind of like wishing I was in, wishing I was in the UK and being able to come see this because it's just like, oh, it looks so great. That has just come out in Japan like last week or something. Yeah, and it's it, very it's recent. Been, and it's been a real, really big hit apparently. Number um, one in the Japanese box office, I think. Yes, and so it's playing LFF as the first. First anime film ever playing competition, and then it's playing Scotland Loves Anime SLA as they call it, and then after that, like end of November, it's going showing in cinemas around the UK. So yeah, that felt that's going to be getting around and getting some more of a global release, and I'm really happy about that. And I'm hoping maybe maybe makes it way to the US. I hope I hope I probably will, but. Uh, yeah, if it's if it's getting this wide of a release, it's it's bound to come. It's bound to come here eventually. Just the, yeah. the question of when, because I want to see this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impatient when it comes to films that really blow me away. It's just like get it, get yeah, here sooner. Yeah, me too. Me too. Have you seen any of the Shinkai films? Um, I've seen bits and pieces of some of them. I think there was um. Because I don't know that the animation studio that is working on this film was the same one that did, uh, um, what was it, five centimeters per second? Mm-hmm. I don't yes. know if that's the same director. Yes, it yes. is. It was the same director. I've seen bits and pieces of that, but that's like definitely like one of like the primary movie anime films like onto my list of films to see that I've like I need to get this now and watch it now, even though it's been several years since that film came out. But it's just I've been having difficulty finding it like in my you know the place where I normally go shopping for anime DVDs, but I've should just bite the bullet and buy it online and <laughs> just watch it because it I remember seeing uh bits and pieces of it in um I think it was the first time was um in Otakon. I forget which year they were doing a uh during the AMV contest there was a during the uh sentimental category they that was actually one of the film you know the one of the videos featured that heavily and I remember seeing that and just being absolutely like gobsmacked by the just lush animation what what was this? Five centimeters per second. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, that's the I've only seen, one I've seen. I've seen Voices of a Distant Star, which is a thirty-minute, which was his first one, which he did almost single-handedly. It's wow. what he broke. What he broke through. He was. I think he used to work. I think he worked for a games company, and in his spare time, he was making uh, Voices of a Distant Star. And originally, the, it was like all down to him, include like him and his girlfriend did the voices as well. Oh my gosh, really? And and then you know he just sold it personally on online or whatever, had DVDs printed, and it was really successful. And then they ended up like re like doing it with professional voice actors and, and getting I think a professional score done and everything. And then wow. then from there he's gone on to do you know big budget. Um, anime films. I, I think I can't remember which ones I've seen. I think I've seen uh, Place Promised in Our Early Days, uh, which is 
there's it's like in a parallel like an alternate world type thing where there's um where there is some sort of like divide Japan split in two or something after a after a war mm-hmm. and there's like and it follows like three young people who grow up together and I think you know one of them's a girl and you know where that goes yeah and, <laughs> and um there is that I you know hang I on think I did, someone... did I miss something there did you I don't know what no you said you know where that goes well there's three friends grow up together childhood friends two two boys and a girl oh okay right okay. you know yeah, you, sort of you failed to mention the two boys part so right. it's just like it's, it's one of them's a girl and mm. that's it. it's like oh well okay if it's the okay. two boys then ah, okay. that makes sense mm. that old chestnut <laughs> that, that anime mm. really seems to favor in a lot of different things, but you know what? I'm I'm not this is I'm not complaining. But so, uh, continue. Uh, it was it was really pretty. I remember that much, <laughs> and I I want to watch more. I want to watch more of his films because they are I think they're very impressive. They're very um, gif worthy for some reason. Like I see gifs of his stuff all the time. Really? Um, like, yeah, mainly from like Garden of Words. There are so many gifts of Garden of Words, um, which is like a, it's like a short, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. it's like forty I, I, minutes, I think. It's it? like a short feature. Oh, it's fifty minutes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I feel bad because I feel like this is one of those like anim, you know, animation directors that I really want to know more about, but I have for some reason or another I haven't been able to really watch any any of his movies or anything or really get into the stuff he's put out and i feel really guilty for not having done it <laughs> you shouldn't ever feel guilty for not having seen something <laughs> i mean if 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 i felt guilty about not seeing stuff i'd die of <laughs> just how many things and seriously like of how many things i want to see but I haven't yeah i'd be like i can't feel guilty about that that's a fair point um i remember like yeah i remember only having seen five centimeters per second and it kind of like i mean i kind of got the point after it's like a um it's like five short stories or something yeah and i kind of got the point after the first one and i remember the by which i mean like it was very like instantly as you said sentimental mm-hmm. um and i didn't really like it but uh, he has amazing backgrounds, and they look his films look the part. Definitely, that's kind of what I meant when I said like there are lots of gifts from Garden of Words. Like he puts amazing um, attention to detail into how things are depicted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I mean, I yeah, I should, I, and like you, I feel kind of bad that I haven't seen all of his stuff because I'm just kind of judging his his work on just this one film which I didn't really love. Mhm. Well, I mean like I said, I'll have to watch more of them hopefully leading up to the time where uh your name actually does maybe potentially get an English screening and uh have to wait and see when that comes, but in the meantime when it comes to uh folks uh going to the uh scotland loves anime you guys will be able to get to check it out and a bunch of 
with a whole bunch of other films. I think in one other, a couple other, um, at least in Edinburgh, I believe a, a few other Makoto Shinkai films are also going to be uh, showing there. The, the which a couple films we actually did talk about: the Place Promised in Our Early Days and a Garden of Words and Voices of a Distant Star are also going to be showing there. Um, a few other films: Belladonna of Sadness, which I know we've also mentioned on the podcast previously. Which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, another film I haven't seen, but uh, if either of you have seen it, perhaps? No, I'd say that. That's one of the no. things. No, yeah. yeah, I heard about it like ages ago, and it's a really big deal because this year there was a, a 4K restoration. Mm, right, so, right. So, yeah, like, uh, kind of. Yeah, it would be cool if that played outside of Scotland. <laughs> well, it's, it's get it's getting a, a Blu-ray release, so okay. Anime Limited picked it up. Like that's one of their weird pickups. That one and the World War Two propaganda piece, Momotaro, and the Sacred Sailors, which is also playing uh, at SLA mm-hmm. with an introduction by Jonathan Clements. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's. Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. Well, he, he's he's he seems to be fascinated by that film. Uh, I like. I went. I listened to an old podcast where it was um, Jonathan Clementson and uh, Helen McCarthy were on. I think it was the ANN cast uh, just after the anime encyclopedia came up. Mm-hmm. And one question he was asked is: if There's one anime that hasn't been released in English that you'd like to be released in English. What would it be? And he said that. So <laughs> a strange choice. So he's probably been like poking Anime Limited, going, "Go on, go on, go on," and then, then it's been restored, and the Funimation are releasing it in the US, and that's the weirdest thing. Yeah, that is that is strange. Like, yeah, how much they're going to contextualize it? I have to wait and see. Mm, but there were there were a couple other uh, films that were, I thought were interesting that were added to the lineup of the Momotaro, Momotaro and the Sacred Sailors. The propaganda film for the the forties uh, mm. propaganda film is also going to be showing here, and I believe they said Funimation was uh, was working on that as well, weren't they? Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. we were just talking about. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So I get for screaming yeah. on roller coasters all all yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Sound waves reach your ears like twenty seconds late. <laughs> After I deafen everyone else on the roller coaster. Ugh, but anyways. Um, yeah, it was a moment. Yeah, Momotaro. A uh, couple of shorts from Project IG, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, are these playing yeah. at um, Scotland Loves Anime? Yeah, yes. they've got a program of, of production IG shorts, which is very That's interesting. So, oh, they're, they're also playing um, Pigtails. Yeah, that's one of the shorts, isn't it? Yeah. I can't remember if they're releasing them as well, as a, like a collection on. I'd like. I'd might be. like that. That would be great. I want someone to release um, all the um, animator expo. <laughs> yeah, they keep those. Oh, I know nice. they. They, nice. they sometimes nice. like have um, like for a week. They'll be back available to watch all of them. And then one of them has been turned into a special. Yeah, one of the Animator Expo shorts, the Dragon's Teeth one, is being turned into a TV special. Oh! Dragon's Dentist, I think it's called. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 
That one was, I think, was quite memorable. <laughs> Which one was that? Yeah, Dragon's Dentist. I only, I think, I, I only, I only saw a few. I saw the, I, the one that I watched most was, um, the one about the the woman who who goes small for no reason. No, <laughs> and, and her boyfriend's gonna like bat her like a cockroach. Well, she is a cockroach, isn't she? Isn't that the twist? Yeah, that um, was uh, that was I an interesting short. I yeah, I I love that one just because it was an excuse for like some really cool animators to just show off. And I thought you were gonna say because of the boobs. That's what I thought you were gonna say, and I was um, gonna yeah, say I'm Daniel. Also, <laughs> also, also, basically that, but. <laughs> yeah, the animated expo shorts. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones, mm. and some not so. But that's the thing about shorts. They well, yeah. If you don't like one, then one's coming along in a minute that you might like. <laughs> we should probably take this opportunity to um, do our little plug for the Animation Nights New York Best of Fest coming out in end of September. Yeah. Yeah. Since Yvonne is not here to do it, unfortunately, we're, we'll give a little shout out that that's going to be going down. We've uh, believe we have a link via you know directly on our website you know to link to more information about what's going to be going down. But we're going to have a lot of different panels about animation distribution and just a whole slew of stuff. And of course, uh, along with the premiere or the showing of the shorts that are in competition and then announcing which one is the winner and along with the winner of our very own a animation for adults award which i will be there to present and so like i said if you want to check that out and on more information it's going to be on the animation nice new york website which we have a link via to you know link directly to and i believe the dates of when this is all going down is going to be the 29th and 30th of this month so you're hoping to get there. Mark it down in your calendars, and we'll hope to see you at New York. But nice. And um, so also to wrap up our pre our previous story, um, we have a list of the dates for the uh, SLA 2016 of all the different movies and uh, anime films that are going to be screening there from both Glasgow and Edinburgh between um, October 14th through 16th for Glasgow and October 17th through the 23rd for Edinburgh. There's got the full, the full list is, um, and the website details are tied to our article on the website. So if you're curious about looking into that and getting, uh, getting an opportunity to go, then I highly suggest you take a look. One thing they haven't announced yet, I think, is they haven't confirmed guests that are going to be there. And I would be not surprised in the least if uh, Makoto Shinkai will actually be there because they've had lots of big people like that. Well, especially I... considering a majority of the... like, It's not just his one new film, but it's like several of his films are going to be showing in Edinburgh. So yeah, the fact that you know, if he was actually going to make an appearance, I would not be surprised. Mm. And I think someone... Well, I think they might have said that someone from Production IG is going to be there. Okay. Well, they, there's like a Q&A session, I think, so mm -hmm. that one has been confirmed. But otherwise, the guests are to be revealed a bit closer. So. Yeah. All right, so if you're in the area, I would highly suggest checking this out if you're curious about checking out these awesome animated films. And I think that more or less wraps us up for news, so I guess we're going to go ahead and just 
go into what we've had the chance to watch this week. I haven't had a chance to see too much due to a busy work schedule for my day job, but I finally, finally, finally got to see Kubo and the Two Strings. <laughs> and it was glorious. I'm, it, I can't believe I'm actually saying this because... So far, so, so far, the films that I've of Leica's that I have had the opportunity to see, Coraline, and Paranorman, and I, the only one I have not seen yet is The Box Trolls, which is a shame. I know I haven't seen it yet. It's a shame, I know, but it's I've seen like bits and pieces of it, like say when it's on TV, but it's I've never been able to convince anyone to stay. Oh, stay on this channel. I think it's on Netflix in the US. I think. Is it? I think so. Well, it was. I'll have to. So, I'll maybe have to hijack my uh, my my uh, the other Netflix account tied to uh, my mom and just like hijack that and watch it on hers. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's the only one I haven't seen. All the films that I've that I have seen so far, I've really enjoyed, and I don't think I to the point where I can't really pick a favorite. Kubo might be my favorite, and uh... I can't believe I'm 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 even having to say that, like I said, because all of the films are great, and they deserve to, you know, be watched and praised for what they are, and but it seems like with Kubo they they seem to have gone an extra mile in, like, A, telling a really good story, and just a original story at that, and just doing a damn good job of it. So that was, you know, we'll I'll save going into spoilers and stuff, you know, extra stuff for when we can actually have a proper episode of the podcast focused around it because it is definitely one of those movies that we all need to, you know, make sure we've seen and then talk about it at length. Yeah, I kind of, I do want to go in cold because, mm -hmm. like, the the advertising has just been everywhere. Like, it's on buses and it's like... I saw that. For some reason, I get it on my phone all the time. <laughs> um, I constantly get like pop-ups and I'm like, oh, go away. Cause not because I'm like, uh, this movie again, but I don't want to see any more before having watched the movie. Cause I don't know what the story is about at all. And no, I, yeah, I... it's, it's best not go. It's best not knowing going in. So I'm going to, yeah. that's like I said, I'm not going to say anything else other than I really liked it. It's probably one of like his best films that they've done thus far. Wow. Go see it. But yeah, it's just like at the same time. It's like you do not. I highly recommend if you haven't seen this film yet, do not look into any other reviews or synopses of the story because mm -hmm. it will. It there's a good chance it might take down some of the enjoyment for you because part of the part of the joy is going in blind. Too late. <laughs> Sorry, I Chris. I had to look it up. To, I had to write about it. <laughs> but I don't mind. I'm still gonna watch it. You're still gonna. Yeah. You, animation is still enough of a treat that I think you'll you'll still get enjoy it a heck of a lot. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, I think have... all good movies do that. Really, like having knowing the story doesn't really ruin a good movie. Mm -hmm. There has. Yeah, it's interesting that it's been quite because it's. I I saw like a TV advert for it like at ten o'clock at night, which I thought was interesting. Right. Um, because in the UK, it's being released by Universal, so it's a you know a major studio. Because in America, it's Focus, isn't it? Who are sort of smaller. I believe so. Um, and I know it didn't do very well in America, which is very disappointing. Um, 
it was, it was Sausage like Party did better than that. And, uh, it was like burns a me smallest up. opening. Sorry? I heard it was yeah. like the smallest opening, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, bad. Yeah, it is. so bad. I did hear from so- someone in America who basically they were making a comment saying, oh, the, the, um, the publicity team on Leica really make, I mean, for um, Kubo really do a really good job of making it look like a really generic film or something. And I was like, what? Because, you know, I've just seen the trailers and I thought it looks like an epic and looked amazing. And, you know, so I said to the person, like, basically, what the hell are you on about? No, and, yeah, um, I mean, we 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 all knew this from when we saw started seeing the trailers, you know, way back when. It's like this this film looks anything but gen- than you know anything but generic. I don't they, see how anyone else would see that. They said that they'd only seen the TV adverts, mm. and and the TV adverts apparently are really like pushing it as oh family adventure with jokes and Matthew McConaughey making witty jokes. Oh, I no. gotta say that's what some of the trailers kind of looked like it's 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 a shame i think i i think i know what they meant by that because i've heard that tone i maybe you could speak to this a bit rachel but like i heard tonally the movie does not look does not feel like uh like the trailers so much at least Definitely not for the trailers that they've been putting on TV, at least, if, right. that's, if that's what you're getting at. It's, it's Some of the like the earlier trailers for this film, I think, are definitely fit more of the tone than anything, more of the tone than the, of the film than anything else after. Like, say, like, the very initial te- teaser trailer for it, and then maybe the first trailer after that, those probably fit best with the tone that the film has overall. Yeah, it's an odd but thing that, isn't it? Everything else after that is, is a bit stretched. Yeah, it's an it's an odd thing that, isn't it? How like uh, you know, trailers reflecting what a movie actually is. Sometimes you don't. If you sometimes if you want a movie to do well, then having a trailer that reflects what the movie actually is, um, means that less people are probably going to go and see it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky, isn't it? Well, I I always remember what they did with Avatar, which was they did trailers for all different audiences, and they did they did like here's the one for the family audience that makes it look like it's oh look at the wacky blue people, <laughs> and then here's here's the here's the one for the ladies, and here's the romance. Oh, and, and here's the action head one. Here's the action one right. for the guys. Yeah. <laughs> And it was kind of crazy, just because you know, because they had to make so much money, because it mm-hmm. was like the most expensive film ever. They're like, right, we have to get everybody in the cinema. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, to their credit, they more or less did. They totally did. Yes. And, and I, I, it would be more impressive if they get people back in the cinemas for the yeah. That was that's, that's the real that's the real trick. But I, t- I guarantee you, what that film didn't, you know, didn't succeed with, but Kubo's did. I know I'm totally seeing it again. I will, yeah. I will go see it as many times as I can now that I've seen it, and try and get as many more butts and seats to see it with me as I possibly can. That was one of the things I insisted with when I was going to see this: is I needed to have like all my friends with me, so we were all seeing this together, and it was, it was a good time. 
But uh, Friday, Friday, he's coming out Friday. <laughs> Almost yeah, I'm, there. I'm definitely. Almost there, Chris. I'm gonna go to the cinema with a big screen to to see Kubo. Perfect. Because um, yeah, I don't know. I um, I don't know. What do I mean by that? I um, <laughs> I I do I do make the effort to go and see like movies when they come out, which they mm-hmm. tend to late summer. Yeah. And it's great seeing them on seeing them for some reason seeing them in the cinema is just makes them that much better because uh, because the models are not you know the size of a cinema screen and <laughs> and when they're blown up you just like you see all the detail and yeah yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to Kubo. Can't wait. Oh, this will, this will be my first Leica on a big screen, actually. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, definitely. Like, like, a, like IMAX big screen, or? No, it's just I've never seen In the cinema. Ne- cinema ever. Oh, okay. All the others I watched on disc at home. Ah, uh, well, this this will be an extra treat for you because I think it's this. I mean, all of them are really good in the, to see in theaters on a big, you know, biggest screen that you can. But oh. I think with there's there's enough visually interesting things to look at in Kubo that it's definitely like it's it's you have to see it on the biggest screen you can at least once. Did you watch it in 3D, Rachel? No, I did not. The only the reason for that was was because uh, uh one of my friends accompanying me she has gotten she's had a history of getting heavily motion sick. With okay. uh, either a particular style of animation or you know with 3D glasses, and it's uh, so I made sure to get just a regular a regular screening of the film, so she would I could actually sit through the movie. Right. Hang on. With a with a style of animation. Yeah, I don't know. One of my friends is um, I don't know what it is because there are a couple of things like animated shows or movies that I've tried to share with her, mm-hmm. like that are generally in like 3D style animation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is or what aspect of them, like, bug her, but she says every single time she watches it, she gets a headache. Right. Is that, is that like, a review, or she literally gets a headache? I, I get that with no, my little phys- pony. She physically gets a headache, with just because, just from looking at this particular style of animation. It's not it's not that the film is bad, or she didn't like it. Oh, it's right. the fact that it's there's something about looking at that particular style of animation that causes, like, something doesn't click between the eyes and the brain and it just kind of, like causes some kind of headache. I, I'm not entirely That's sure what it is. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I've never heard of that before, but no, she still went, she still went and saw this movie with me. And, uh, she said she got a little bit of a headache as the film was closing, but, uh, it was, she still was able to sit through the, the whole thing mm-hmm. and said it was a really good film. So there you go. But, uh, what would you uh, say, Chris? Would you like to go next, next to see what you've been doing? Okay, I yeah, I haven't actually watched a whole lot of animation this past week, apart from that I have caught up with the um, the short films for the A N N Y Best of Fest thing, and they were they were all cool. Uh, <laughs> one one thing that did occur to me when I was watching those um, is that something there's something about animation that other mediums don't well live action for example doesn't have and that is the fact that you know the style of the animation or whatever sometimes you just personally you will instantly 
dislike, you will not connect with that style of animation or dislike it, and you'll just have an instant reaction, like, oh, I don't like the style of this animation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you'll then, you know, you then have to work, you know, it could be that the story's really good or whatever, but you'll have to work against it, basically, to get through that, and your instant reaction, your your gut reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, if... And that, that, you know, if you're watching a short, <laughs> you just go, nope, nope. <laughs> don't like that short. Don't like that short. It's over. It doesn't jive with me very well. And I'm not saying that that, I'm not saying that happened a lot because I, I liked most of them. But, um, you know, there were, there were some that just like, you know, I had a, an instant reaction to that I didn't connect with the style or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that, that happens in longer animations as well. And that's like, for ex- like you hear of people who just can't watch any any studio ghibli or whatever just because they can't you know personally the the visuals or whatever just they oh they go, i don't like the way it's drawn and you know they they can't get past that mm-hmm. and and that's something that you get in animation that you and i guess you get in art for example but you don't get in live action film no definitely <laughs> or, that's something that separates animation as you know as a medium compared to, you know, live action film. Because live action film, you know, it's it's, it's people. Mm. You know, you're used to seeing people do things, so it's just like you know, it's it's easy to kind of get into that. It's just it's, from that point, it's just being able to follow the story and events, not really so much the you know the visual spectacle. But yeah, it's very for animation. You know, if, if there are plenty of series or shows or movies or shorts that you know, if if they're shown a particular style, like that, there's just some that don't agree with you. Like I. For example, um, I'm. It's no secret that I'm a fan of Dragon Ball Z, but I have, you know, my two closest friends in the world, <laughs> my two closest friends that live not too far away from me. When we watch all these different types of shows together, I've always wanted them to watch it with me, but they won't because they're not really excited about the animation style or the the art style of the show, and mm-hmm. because of that reason alone, they refuse to watch it. And there, are, I can, I could count on two hands, you know, a number of different shows that they, that I, that I personally enjoyed that they won't watch with me. And then, conversely, there are shows that they like that I'm just like, eh, don't, don't, don't feel it, don't feel it as much. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it really just comes down to a matter of personal taste and perspective. And yes, and you will, you will one day hear our our favorite for which for those best with those shorts we. As a group, selected as our number one, mm-hmm. so you were here at the festival. Uh, but other than that, um, something I watched a little while ago, but I've just written up the review for, um, is the classic Studio Ghibli film, uh, my uh, Kiki's Livery Service, <laughs> which is which is getting a play in in the UK, which is the other story that we tried to cover several times and it went wrong. <laughs> I see of, what you did there. Now that you're yeah. doing the review. Yeah, I didn't even think about that until that just now. Oh, oh yeah, there's a play, and that's that's kind of what made me actually go back and rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just wanted to mention it because I I kind of feel like it's an underappreciated part of Miyazaki's back catalogue. I think no, you don't really hear anyone say, "Oh, I don't like Kiki," but uh, no one ever. You know, people when you ask people their favourite, they always go, "Oh, Spirited Away," or Principal Inoki or Totoro or Nausicaa but people just it just feels like it 
you know, it's, people like it, but people, I think they just think it's a bit inconsequential or whatever. But I don't think, you know, it's no less inconsequential than Totoro, really. It's just, it's it's a very gentle film and very sweet and there's no bad guy or anything. But I just love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That it's, I think the the whole fact that it's just kind of laid back and charming and, like you said, no bad guy, no villain or no real... The only conflict, really, in this film is Kiki, you know, coming to this town and then, you know, adjusting to the location and the people who live there. You know, mm. there are people she likes it... that she's you know gets along with. There are people she doesn't like, and it's 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 just life playing out for her. And you know, sometimes that you know, in this particular depiction of it, some sometimes that jives with people, sometimes it doesn't. But it's like it's it. You, like you said, you can't hate it. It's just that some people, you know, when they come to a, like they've because of those other films, there are stuff that they have come to expect from a Miyazaki or Ghibli film, and in some ways, Kiki does jive with that, but not in every you know every aspect that you know, like Spirited Away or uh, Princess Mononoke have you know set apart from those particular kinds of films. Yeah, it is. It is easy to overlook because of that. Because like the. The, the money shots in this movie, so to speak, are like taking a pie out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... But it looks like a damn delicious pie! But, like if, but, if, but if by that point in the movie you're in, like, that pie looks delicious and that's oh. an amazing scene. And it, and it is. And, yeah, it's it's funny. Like, I think... I don't... Like you said, Chris, I don't think there's anyone who hates it. And I think mm. a lot of people love it, but mm. it's a funny film to like talk about that sort of response to because you're like, well, she, there's bread and th- she's, um, there's a cat. And you really want to eat the bread. Yeah, and you really want to eat the bread. And then, oh, the bread looks delicious. And then it's so <laughs> sad. And then, oh, there's this really cool woman who lives in a cabin and she just draws like crows and she's sort of a painter. And then, and you sound like a lunatic trying to describe it, but but for me, like the experience of watching that movie is like why it's so special. Like it is, it really is. Everything. Oh uh, yeah. Like the, the 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 sequence that I think is the most impressive, or, or as in literally made an impression on me, was the one where she goes to the. Um, she's just going shopping. And she's like, ah, oh, well, I guess we're only going to be able to afford to eat pancakes. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a great movie about like moving, moving out and and trying to make your own way. It's mm-hmm. I, and and that's I think how people like treat it because, I mean, that's a story that anyone at any age um, relates to. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, I mean, I think maybe it's the fact that you've got that kind of story, but you also have this character who's, you know, she's got certain abilities and powers. And, I mean, those are, you know, to be able to see those at, in work, you know, at work is really great, you know, animation and just one of the aspects that makes this film so charming. But at the same time, it's just, like, compared to the, such a simple story, I think with some people it might just be kind of like, huh? It's like, 
Like, why would you why would you choose to tell a story like this in this way and not another way? But it's again, mm-hmm. it's what part of what makes the film so special compared to the other Ghibli films, or part of what makes you know it's, it's maybe that that's how they were able to you know get the you know tell the story with the kind of like you know the Ghibli kind of you know supernatural charm that they know most of those movies have. Not all, but most. Yeah, and 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 on another level, it's like it's the movie that Miyazaki made after Totoro, mm-hmm. and. It was all. I mean, it's 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 strange. You could look at it, and you can always say it's like a movie where he doesn't feel he has to prove anything. Mm-hmm. And that's like very much in um, like when they were making the movie, he said that he wanted to avoid the overly cinematic. So, yeah. like when there are shots, when there are just like close-ups of people talking to each other, the camera has been the like the virtual camera has been purposefully placed at eye level so you're experiencing the world from eye level and you're not looking down or looking up or being overly um flashy with how things are presented hmm yeah i see where you're going i see where you're coming from it's kind of ironic because it's. I think in a lot of ways it's the most most easily accessible Miyazaki mm. film in that you know there's no there's no weird Japanese cultural things or anything. No. So yeah. it, you could just show it to anyone and they'd they'd get it. It's just yeah. a, a young witch moving from moving from her home to a port town. That's it. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. I've... Nothing. Other than the 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 witch powers, there's nothing unusual or mm. something that you know that cross cultures you know wouldn't be able you know to understand yeah oh my god is so uh, and now that we're talking about the movie i can talk about like my favorite moment in the film and i can't explain why it's my favorite moment <laughs> sure go for it it's 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 when um she has just delivered she's rescued gigi because yes. got gigi mixed up with a um uh like a like a like a plush like a like a yeah. toy cat mm-hmm. and um she she gives like i she, she i think she gives the toy cat to this old dog this yeah, slow jeff. old dog called jeff yeah <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> how i know his name he's in this movie for like 2 seconds and um and she gives this toy to Jeff, and Jeff is like so old, and he's so sad that he can no longer like stay with Gigi, who's like become his friend. And Gigi's like terrified of this dog. He just runs, he runs away. And she gives this toy to 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 Jeff, and Jeff mm-hmm. grabs it in his mouth, and he slowly turns, and he walks. And and it's and this shot like takes like fifteen seconds, which is really way too long for for a movie. Any other movie would just be like, okay, let's get on with it. But like this movie like stays with Jeff as he walks slowly back into the house, and he's so sad that he can't hang out with uh, Gigi anymore. It's it's such an awesome moment. That's so sad. I've forgotten about that part. Thank you for reminding me. Now I have to rewatch the movie. Poor Jeff. Like, oh, I, I love that oh, movie so much. 
remember one of the scenes that really stuck out stuck out to me way back when when I first uh, watched it was um, I believe it was one of uh, Kiki's deliveries where she was uh, I think I'm trying to remember the exact circumstance. Like I said, it's been a while since I've been able to watch this like and fully appreciate the film. But uh, she was doing a delivery for this grandmother for her granddaughter, and then she you know she makes the delivery and the granddaughter is like really kind of nonchalant and just really oh, like, doesn't she's a bitch yeah. <laughs> basically <laughs> and, like, her grandmother's like the sweetest woman ever but she just won't like give anything that her grandmother gives her the time of day it's like oh it's just grandma doing this thing again and you can see how visibly upset that makes kiki because you know she mm. met you know her grandmother in person she's like oh she's such a nice lady and then meets this girl and she's like wow mm. she's like really nasty and then she's ungrateful yeah, because Kiki what, actually helped her make that 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 pie. I know, and it was just like all that effort put to waste because the yeah, you said this one bitchy girl is not going to give either of them the time of day, and even better on later when she's um, hanging out with her one friend with the um, the bicycle who want, he wants to fly and fly uh, Tombo. Tombo, I'm sorry, I forgot about his name. Um, <laughs> she's she's having a great time with him, and then I think because I think like a car pulls up and you see that girl again. Mm. And, you know, he he's trying to encourage her to hang out with all of them, and she's she takes one look at that girl, and she's like, nope, nope, I'm leaving. Oh, I didn't ever notice that. I mean, it's the same girl, the one with the, the, the fringe. No, the, yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the exact same girl, because mm. as soon as Kiki sees her, recognizes her, and she's like, no, I want nothing to do with you or anyone who, you know, hang, oh, hangs I, out with you. Yeah, I never, ever got that. That's such a revelation to me because I thought she, <laughs> I thought she was just like, all right, no, I'm done. I've had enough fun for one day, and she literally just like turned on the dime. Right. No, that no, makes there was a lot a more sense to me. Right, for a film that I love so much, I probably should watch it <laughs> <laughs> a bit closer. Obviously, <laughs> well, it's funny because I, you know, once like, I, I only picked up on that myself like the second viewing. Like I was able to like I remember noticing the first time that you know. She how why she got so ticked off at this one girl and rightly so that she was but then how I just like the fact that they brought that back you know they you know that girl back and with this particular moment with her one friend and basically that one moment of seeing her and recognizing her pushed her away from spending more time with this per, you know this person she was starting to get along with. Hmm. Yeah, it's I I don't know about you guys but it's a movie for me which is like. Every now and again, I revisit it when I know I need to. Oh yeah, totally. It's like it's like a chicken noodle soup kind of <laughs> like like experience of I'm really burnt out. Ah, oh, I should watch Kiki's Delivery Service. That'll make me feel better. Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's to- it, yeah, it does. That that film in particular does serve that purpose for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> along with a couple of other Miyazaki films, but. That is definitely one of the yeah. It's very cozy, mm. and as we are, we have said on, on the podcast before, uh, Kiki's Library Service is the correct answer to the question: Which Miyazaki film would you like to live in? Because it's the only acceptable answer. Oh yeah. Uh, All right. Let's see. Spirited, <laughs> Spirited Away world. You know, the world of Spirited Away is a little too chaotic. I mean, you tr- you you turn a wrong corner, you find yourself in the spirit world, and then you get turned into a pig. That's great. Um, I want to live in the seaside town in Ponyo, definitely. <laughs> that's I'd say that's a close second. Oh no! Wait, no, actually, no. Wind rises. Yeah, I want to live in. 
You want to Japan. live in 1940s I want to, yes. <laughs> you sure? No, I was joking. <laughs> you want to pick that one over again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the easy, easily the, 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 yeah, the yeah, correct answer. It's the correct answer. <laughs> Just because of the bread, chill. really. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. The bread and the pies and the bike rides. And... Yeah. Oh, I want... Now I just want to eat pie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did. Uh, yeah, moving on. And just one last thing is I actually want to give a shout-out to another podcast. Oh, uh, which one? I want to give out a shout-out to the Squiggly podcast because I must confess that I have... Since we're doing this podcast, I've been... I've been worried about checking out any other animation podcasts because A, I'm worried that they might inadvertently influence me or B, I might, I'm worried that they're going to be so good that I'm just going to be like, no, I have to give up. I'm terrible. No. <laughs> um, but I thought after a year of doing this, I thought I think it's, it's all right to give some other a try. And I went and listened to some squiggly podcasts um, and they're they're very different from ours, but they're very good. Uh, it's <laughs> they are they're very British, uh, which we are sometimes quite you know we're part British but part not because um, it's uh, a couple of the guys from Quigley Squiggly Quigley Squiggly, um, <laughs> and it was yeah the first one I listened to I oh Finding Dory I went back to listen to, unfortunately that episode was also like the episode immediately after the uh, European referendum so there was oh. a lot of people being them basically whinging and, and feeling miserable and trying to get it out of the system yeah. and I was like, oh i didn't you know and this was months later and i was like i don't want to but i was all right listening to it but <laughs> but i mainly want to give a shout out to their little prince episode because uh they actually had an interview with all with the people who were responsible for the stop motion oh really yes uh oh it's phenomenal good for and them one, one of the guys who they had a massive Skype conversation with like six of them. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was thinking, good luck with that from our experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it's, it's really worth listening to, especially if you like the stop motion. And one of the, one of the people who did the stop motion on that was responsible for making the book in the Babadook. Have you seen that? <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, awesome. Is, that is that is a very good film, but also one that I found very hard going for personal reasons. Nothing yeah. to do with the monster. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's, do you know what? I think that's why it's such a good movie because it's yeah. not much more than like a, a silly horror thing. Yeah. I'm not watching it again anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, listen, if you, if you like listening to this podcast, then you'll probably like listening to the squiggly podcast and definitely listen to their, um, their Little Prince episode, but only after you've listened to our Little Prince episode, obviously. Because <laughs> we did, because even with editing difficulties, I know we did a good job oh, on that. So much empathy. Oh. Cross, cross Atlantic hug. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's me, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. All right. Uh, Dan, I believe there was a film that you wanted to talk about. I went to Can the we pictures. Wrap up? Yeah, I went to the pictures, <laughs> and I saw sausage. I saw sausage party. Ah, I yes. saw it. The yeah. the 
the big, loud, uh, juvenile, R-rated, and an animated movie written by Seth Rogen and uh, other people. Um, Was it as bad as we predicted? All right, or? so I, I've always. I, I've always like been defending the movie uh, up until like having seen it because you know you shouldn't judge something like you haven't seen and True. yeah like it didn't look like my sort of thing but at the same time I was like you know sometimes juvenile stuff like tickles me and I laugh at you know toilet humor and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. I'm not above. I, I wasn't above, you know, watching the movie. So you know, I, I I went and I saw it, and I gotta admit, I did laugh. Okay, that's so definitely a point. I didn't laugh all the way through. I was like definitely like folding my arms and tutting <laughs> and oh really, but like a couple of things caught me off guard, and they were mostly like slapstick it was mostly okay. like when something like kind of well-timed and funny happened like that was slapstick that i liked but i mean i i wanted to like it i did i mean because it has like i mean it generally it has a good cast of like people i like you know i'm not i'm not uh the biggest seth rogan fan so whatever, but James Franco and Kristen Wiig and Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah and um, I think like uh, who are some other people who are in it like um, Bill Hader and Nick Kroll and you know some some good like funny people and and Alan Menken like did some of the songs. Oh really? Yeah. So I was like, I had forgotten he was involved in this. Yeah. So I, you know, I wanted to like it, but the, I can't lie. I didn't. I didn't like it, and and the thing is, like, it, it has, it wasn't a complete write off, which is, which is frustrating. I mean, it had like the potential to work, but a few things let it down and it was mainly it was just like i think it was the script i mean it was it wasn't just lazy it was like contemptuous in how lazy it was like Mm -hmm. it didn't have an internal logic that even it understood with like how the world worked oh dear it was just oh it's convenient now to do this with the thing for this joke and now it's convenient for us to do this and it's it's a strange story um because of that because there aren't like clear rules that are set up so you so you and it's and it's just because it's being lazy and it's like oh it's funny to not give a shit but actually i it kind of misses the the mark on lots of things there um yeah, the thing about it, right, is I love good juvenile, like, slapstick comedy animation. Like, it... Basically, it the thing that it made me think of most was Matt and Trey Parker 
um, Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker of South Park mm-hmm. make it okay. look easy. Like they make it look like what they're doing is just, you know, oh, let's be juvenile and make a few jokes and and you know and say swears a lot and that's kind of going to be good enough. And it's not because I mean the reason Matt and Trey are so good is be is because they um those guys really understand how to how to make good stories that are like robust mm-hmm. and they work like the South Park movie it, it has lots of swearing but it makes sense like yeah, there's it a makes reason sense for in things in its own world yeah and and the other thing as well like like they swear in this movie so much even and and I think it's just they're just doing it because they can like the movie opens so not for kids. Like an R rating. So yeah, not, not and like the movie opens. Sorry, Chris. Not for kids. Yeah, but it's it's ter- it's not like good swearing. It's not like the thick of it or Veep or um, like like I said or uh, or um, South Park or um, what what else is good at swearing? Like you know, Kobe enthusiasm. It's not like. It's it's not um, it hasn't got like good rhythm to it. It's just oh shit the thing oh my god shit and it's like <laughs> that's not funny to do that and and you, you know like uh, Seth Rogen said okay that he wanted to make a Pixar style movie um, but just R rated basically and the thing is he hasn't put in the work that Pixar put in. And I know it's a it's a low it's a lower budget movie, and I mean technically they didn't pay their animators. Yeah, and actually technically, like that's the best thing about it is, like it's really it's um they don't hold back with the cartooniness of it, and that's actually like really refreshing and cool. And there are lots of like bonkers expressions all over the place and funny slapstick you know animation, but. The story stinks because he he doesn't. Um, I mean, it, the way it's written, it doesn't have that internal logic of like you know, Inside Out. You know, the the reason that movie works is because they set up rules and you kind of follow them, and it makes sense. Yeah, but the they, world has rules. I mean, yeah, it, it goes with Toy Story and Bugs yeah. Life and all all the Pixar films. They all have their own type of internal logic. And I started no doing. What. I started doing the cars thing <laughs> where you're like, okay, the internal logic of this world doesn't even make sense because they're food that's sentient. But then I started thinking like, okay, at what point does the thing become food? Like, is that yeah. like, is it, is it, w- w- would a pig in this world talk? Because bacon <laughs> does. So I, you know, I I started like doing the cars thing where you know there's a scene in Cars where they're holding up, uh, they they gesture towards like a photo frame on the wall, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and I just watched that scene. And I'm like, who the hell made that frame and put it up <laughs> and put the thing behind the glass, and then I yeah, it distracts me. It's like how could a car, a physical car, do? do the actions that needs to be done in order to put this thing here or put something in here. It's like, because, you know, 
no no limbs, no thing, you know. If yeah. you're going to if you're going to take that concept all the way, you know, at the very least, you know, like make it seem like this is a world, you know, where cars are sentient and stuff that only exists that only because, you know, cars are sentient, but they don't show no. you the um the humans in the um in the prison camps who make everything for them. That's <laughs> that that's the bit they don't show you <laughs> on on the planet of the cars. Yeah, is yeah, is, that's a good explanation actually. That's very dark. That's very dark. That's like a. There have been plenty of explanations or like things like ideas with the cars universe that people just make really extremely dark. It's like what happened to the people? Well, I think the, clearest, the, I think the clearest one is for me the same reason the same one for Sausage Party, which is the filmmaker was too lazy and didn't think okay, there's an extent to suspension of disbelief because you need to have some level of belief in there for you to be involved in the film. Um, it, yeah, it just reminds me of that thing of when, you know, I think you've said this before, Chris. I think this is you who said this. You know, people think it's easy to make children's books because no, they're not. simple. No, it's not. And then, Yeah, it's not. And I think that's the same kind of this is this is what like Seth Rogen making this movie is like to me. It's like uh, an old guy going, you know, reading um, a Sean Tan book and being like, you know, oh, oh, I could do that, and then realizing, in actual fact, it's very hard, <laughs> and you have to put in <laughs> as much effort as you would if you were making, you know, um, Anchorman or you know, whatever. Uh, so the other thing about the movie is is that it has this overall idea about um like a higher being there's this there's it's all about the fact that the food all the food products think they that when they leave the supermarket they go to the great beyond and it's beautiful and it's lovely and it's like it's a very clunky, like obvious, like metaphor for the afterlife. Oh yeah, okay. And then they uh, they quickly discover that they're actually meant to be uh, eaten. But there's nothing with the concept that the film really follows through on. It doesn't really. It kind of like it kind of makes that connection, and then it doesn't really explore it in terms of, like, what that means. Like, it, it doesn't ever feel like any of the food has an existential crisis about their entire existence being, you know, the consumption... Uh, be, being being consumed by humans. And it, it kind of, like... It, 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 it frustrated me because it thought it was clever, and it wasn't. Because it was like, have, have either of you guys seen or or listened to the Book of Mormon, the no, no, the no, um, the musical by Matt uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, um, the guys who did South Park. I mean, that is a thing that is like a a, a vulgar, um, like genuinely kind of offensive, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> touching, smart um, uh, story about faith 
and about the nature of religion and it doesn't you know it doesn't um it it it's kind of it, it does the equal offenders thing that those guys do whereas like if you're a non-believer or a believer you're equally ridiculed by the play and you're kind of in a weird sort of way you're kind of it kind of brings you together it brings both of those groups together um because it kind of um ridicules both of them and you both realize oh we're both you know we're both stupid and we're both ignorant and we don't know and all we know is that you know we love each other and that's it and it sounds corny but it it's like it, that's an example of for me uh, a story about religion that is vulgar and crass and funny and offensive but kind of they put in the work and it works and this one just sort of goes uh you know god well god doesn't exist and uh yeah um and then it sort of like tries to do a thing about not being offensive despite being peppered throughout with what yeah and and, i mean like Peppered throughout the film. Sorry, I'm going on a little bit, but peppered no, throughout okay. the film. Just... Peppered throughout the film is like this sense that the supermarket is America, so it has within it, within like the food cultures, not like uh-huh. yogurt and stuff, but within the culture, um, each culture of the food products in the store, it kind of. Um, it, it 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 hangs stereotypes on them, so you know. Just imagine, Lovely. just imagine what like a pot of noodles does in this movie, and you can pretty much, oh my God. or sauerkraut. Okay, so and and do you know what? There is a there is a version of that that's funny. There's a version of that where you kind of where you might be able to create a sort of safeish space where you can. Um, you know, talk about differences and um, and uh, uh, ver- ver- like variety of experiences and things like that. But this movie just doesn't do it. I mean, what it does is it kind of, I mean, it creates like this weird like nineteen forties idea of what you know uh, each uh, race or or um or ethnic group is mm. and it's like it's not even smart with how it's offensive if that makes any sense like no, you, 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 there there's a version of it where it kind of it could work but it doesn't want to put in the the, the effort there because um, that's really and it seems to me like from the very beginning I don't think the effort was ever really going to go in there I like I don't know, like like you said, you don't really know a film until after you've seen it. But like sometimes you get hints of what you see in the yeah. trailer of what the you know the what's going on behind the scenes. And I knew like this, again, this is just a gut feeling that I had. So it's like I said, it could have I could have been completely wrong, but there was a gut feeling that I had when I just just listening to the concept and at least the what the, how they presented it in the initial trailers. Mm-hmm. That just did not seem like it was going to do anything with what the idea what they were presenting. Like they weren't going to stick to it. Like it, it just seemed like it was going to be a vehicle for them to try and tell jokes. And whether or yeah. not those jokes were actually going to be legitimately funny, 
had to be had to you know you had to wait to see the actual movie to find out whether or not and then if they're not funny well that's you know over an hour or half of your life you know gone <laughs> and who knows how much you had to pay to go see it in the theater yeah well it wasn't that expensive thankfully but it's yeah that's kind of how it is i mean there are bits that are funny and there are cutaway gags which which should be funny like um there's this like husband and wife couple which is like um peanut butter and jam and okay the, now that's that is funny and the jam jar smashes and there's like red goo everywhere and there's this like jar of peanut butter that's screaming because his wife has been killed and that's funny but that's like that's funny as a um as a gift you know that's funny as like one thing in isolation and there's mm-hmm. nothing about the experience of watching the movie that creates a context that makes that any funnier. No. If if you know what I mean, like there's nothing yeah. about there, there there isn't like comedy that comes from the characters, like knowing who the characters are. You you're not like you're not laughing at it in the same way that in Toy Story, like you you come to learn that like that Rex is very anxious and he's and he's quite scaredy. You know, mm-hmm. and, well, and he's the, a freaking T Rex. Yeah, and the, and the movie kind of makes a joke out of that, and but then it kind of banks off you knowing that later on, and it. I, but there's nothing about the the characters in this movie which which does anything like that. Hmm. Yeah, and and I, I'm 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 kind of wrapping up now, but I think that's okay. The the best way I could put it is just like it's it's the thing of. Someone looking at a Pixar movie like people look at children's books and going, oh, that's easy. Oh, I see what they've done there. And then not really understanding what makes that thing good. And it kind of coming off as being arrogant because of that. Because yeah, it's like. Pretentious. Well, not pretentious, just arrogant in how it thinks. Like, all right, this, is, this, this looks and this sounds like those things. But it doesn't have like the foundation work to make yeah. to make it it's, half as good as a Pixar movie. It seems like an idea dreamt up by the person who made that annoying thing on Twitter that summed up every Pixar movie as what if fish had feelings? What if fish had feelings? Yeah. What had yeah. Really? yeah. <laughs> no, it it, it kinda of, yeah, it kind of is. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's just reductive of what is good about Pixar movies. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, we've said this before, but it's not um, uh, a an evolved movie. Like, if you look at, and I know, you know, look, budget and things like that aside, and crew sizes aside, the concept of something like, even like Finding Nemo, is a more mature, uh, evolved certainly developed idea um than this movie and i think that's telling and for me that's why it's not adult it's juvenile and it just has an r rating with it yeah and it's yeah exactly and the thing is if it wasn't seth rogan who was involved it one probably wouldn't have been made and two um I, I don't think it probably would have been it probably would have been seen 
But you know, I, like like we've said before, if it gets seen and people decide they want more, that's fine. Um, because you know, the more um, adults that you know want to go and see animation on their own, it's fine. But I think Pixar already do that. I think, I think I saw as many people in um, in watching, you know, Finding Dory or uh, you know, uh, The Jungle Book, even uh, who were just adults who were just out to go and see a movie. Um, so I don't, I don't know if if even for audiences, it's doing for you know for for, for pulling different audiences to see something they wouldn't usually. It's mm-hmm. really doing much. Yeah, it's... Because uh... I, I think that audience is... Sh- that, that kind of audience is shifting slowly but surely because I think more mm-hmm. pe- more parents who are taking their kids to see films like this are becoming more and more aware of like, oh, these are actually legitimate movies that I like. And then, so when the next one comes around, you know, they're they're taking their kids to see it at the same time. They're going to see it themselves and then maybe they'll... if After they see it, they'll talk to someone else like oh i saw this it was really good you know you should check it out and then that'll then you know hence encouraging more people to just go and see it Mm. because pixar has that kind of pedigree now yeah they yeah they they do and um and i'm not saying either that like the that the movies like this have to be like pixar movies in actual fact there, no. it, it, the sort of movie it's trying to be is like you know, um, like a stoner comedy where it's just kind of loose and a bit harebrained, and um, but it doesn't. It for some reason it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, if that's the, if that's all that film is trying to be, then yeah, by all means, like you know, if you enjoy it, good for you, and like yeah. get, go and you know, watch it as many more times as you like. It's but it really for you know what turns it off for me is the fact that in you know from the, what you've been describing the writing does sound incredibly lazy and I'm the kind of person who appreciates good writing in movies so I don't think it's one of those kind of movies that would really would really you know please me to go see and it really again it, it comes down to perspective like can you accept the film as it is or is there something that it is that it, it's lacking that will turn you off from it yeah, it doesn't reward you for paying attention. It doesn't reward you for trying to figure out who the characters are and and because it's just like you can tell like the particularly like the um the bun the mm-hmm. the, the the sausage bun character played by Kristen Wiig, like her character is just all like one moment she's really sassy and the next moment she's just like you know quite um, like a wet flannel, and then she's funny, like like intentionally funny, and then she's like dumb, and it, it's just like you and I and I kind of think that even as if it was a live action movie, people wouldn't accept it. And I yeah. and I and I don't and I wa- too inconsistent. And I want to be careful about what I say, but and I worry that because it's animation people are okay with it being a bit lazy on that front because people can say, and I know I'm straw manning a bit here, but people can just say, it's a cartoon. What do you want? You know? And to that I say, no, good sir. No, of course. Of course. Yeah. No excuse. 
Anyway. Think too hard. It's just a cartoon. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, I think, the defense that I would hear. Mm. I, that I would imagine hearing. Um, and, you know, it's not good enough. No, it's not. It's, it is a media film and it deserves to be critically looked at and talked about just as much as live action film or any kind of film for that matter. Yeah, I mean, and and like I've said, like if you want to see a, a a smart, dumb movie about faith, and you know, following one, I go and watch Life of Brian, <laughs> or, or, go, or or go and listen to the Book of Mormon soundtrack, or you know, it it's it, I don't, for, for that reason I don't really see like what it's offering that isn't already out there. Apart from yeah. the fact that it's an R-rated CG movie, but it's got a sausage who says shit. So it's got no. a sausage who says shit a lot and doesn't yeah. say shit in a in a in a. Um... How would he even know what that is? <laughs> Again, poking holes in the logic of the film, and I probably shouldn't, but still. All right, moving on. Never mind. Sorry, <laughs> that's me thinking aloud. Sorry, moving on. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's move. Let's move on. We've given it enough. But the thing is, I got, I got, I got, I got to be clear. I mean, it it looks the part. It does, and it's it's. I I know, like we've spoken before, and about like the design. And it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but technically, it doesn't put a foot wrong. Um, it, you know, like it uses animation to try and be funny and expressive and. And, and other things like that. I just think, like from the top down, it might not have been quite so. And and I worry also a little bit. And I don't know like how much of this. I'm just speculating here. To be clear, it's okay. Go ahead. It seems very much like it was written from a script, and it didn't have that stage that. You know, and this, and of of course, this has to do with budget as well. That that um, just to say, Pixar movies because that's what Seth Rogen has asked us to compare it to hmm. um, have, where the film is kind of developed then at like a storyboarding level, and then like jokes are ironed out, and then whole sequences are kind of um, ironed out and and treated with with. Um, a sense that like it's evolving as the process moves on and things are allowed to change. It seems to me like a script that was written and then it was animated because there are certain things about like how scenes progress and how jokes um, fit in that I can imagine. All right, that probably worked at the script level, but visualized with that kind of pacing doesn't really pay off. Hmm. That is a very interesting point. But like the, to be to be clear, like that's just speculating, and that's not. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a, me thinking out loud. <laughs> well, it was definitely definitely good to at least hear about the film from your perspective, and at least I like like I said, I'm not sure if my opinion on it is going to change from what I've seen thus far to the point where I am going to see it at all. But at the very least, I'm glad to know. You know, have, get get kind of the inside scoop on what it was, on what it was like. At least one of us seen it now, so we can actually 
have an opinion of someone who isn't just wildly speculating like we have been for the last however long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, you should. I think you should see it because I'd be really interested to hear what you guys think. Because I will see it. I'm just not going to the cinema. To see it. <laughs> Neither no. am I. I think if I'm going to watch Kubo's it, Kubo's out gonna... on Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because if I'm because see it, there are certain have to be on TV or on like say if Netflix or something. Yeah, because there are little moments which are funny, and there are ideas in it which are funny, like. Um, you know, there's a there's like a Stephen Hawking, mad scientist kind of character that's just a lump of gum, and that's really funny, but it it doesn't really matter, like in ninety minutes, if like three seconds is funny. Yeah, if you know what I mean. That is that is a very good point. But I think exactly the more or less does it for this episode, and as we. Just covered all of our news topics, and now we got a very interesting look into uh, Sausage Party and talking about Kiki. That was really, that was a lot of fun. So, it was. Wrap up today's episode. We want to find more of our other episodes of our podcast. Check out uh, our website at animationforadults.com, podcast.com, Stitcher, iTunes. I believe we still have some of the, the later episodes on iTunes of our podcast, but the earlier episodes I don't believe are, are no longer just there. the first couple, just they, we, we have 50 episodes on at once, and then the other ones the first ones fall off, so mm-hmm. And if you want to stay tuned for more animation news, reviews and articles, you know, check out our website and all the stuff tied to that and also keep an eye out for Animation Nights New York and find out more about when Best of Fest is going to be taking place and that pretty much wraps it up. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. And Chris, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Mr. Crystal on Twitter and on Facebook. And Dan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. All right. Awesome. That more or less wraps up our episode. And we'll see you next time for episode 53. Take care. Goodbye. Bye.